Hey, Michael, look over there. You see that guy sitting at the table playing cards? Okay. I think that guy's from Tops. Okay. Well, okay, but he shouldn't be playing cards over there if he's from a card company. Isn't that cheating? No, dude, we let smugglers, bounty hunters, just about everyone in. I I think that uh, someone from a reputable company like Tops should be fine. Yeah, but I mean, he makes cards. And if he's playing cards, I'm afraid he's going to slip in a card and cheat. That's not the same thing. Okay, then what is it? Like he he makes trading cards. These oh. are yeah, these are playing cards. Okay. Well, then he can he can play all he wants and come pet my puffer pig later. That's really weird. Enjoy your stay. What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, fucking club. Don't get excited! Welcome, scoundrels, to the 17th episode of the Cloud City Casino Podcast. We are glad that you are visiting with us here today in our fabulous podcast, Among the Clouds. We are the official collecting and gaming podcast of StarWarsReport.com. I am the janitor of this facility. And your host, Bruce Gibson. And joining me, as always this week, is our administrator of the casino, Michael Morris. Yeah, that's me. Well, that's just so exciting. I'm glad you all <laughs> tuned in to hear this guy just say one line like that. Well, that's what you normally do. That's true. And now I'm the talkative one, because I'm the janitor of this facility. <laughs> and I'm cleaning this place up, man. I make you clean one bathroom, and then you get all surly. That bathroom <laughs> cleaning just made me power hungry. So I'm taking over this podcast. It's all mine. <laughs> okay. Well, how about uh, while you're you're taking over, you take over Rick telling who our guest is. Well, we have somebody here from Tops who's not here to cheat or count cards or whatever. And what is his name? Mark Von Olin, and I'm the brand manager at Top Star Wars. Very exciting to talk to you guys. And now, were you at Celebration? Yeah, we were at Celebration um, and San Diego Comic Con. Um, and we will be at New York Comic Con as well. Okay, I, pr- I probably ran into you out there at Celebration because I was over at the uh, Tops app or the uh, Tops booth a couple of times. Perfect. Yeah, we were we were so excited to be there because it had been a couple of years since we had uh, gone to Celebration, um, and yeah, we were basically there uh, with some exclusive merch, which we had never really sold merch before at these shows, so that was something different. And we had the app, which was like brand new. It had just come out at the end of February, so. There were still people clamoring to understand what it was, you know? Right. So, Mark, I was thinking we would talk about Galactic Connections, unless you want to talk about something else. No, I think Galactic Connections would be great to talk about. Um, We can maybe tease a couple of other small things. You know, the Journey to the Force Awakens cards are on shelf now, um, and the hobby version just came out this week, uh, which includes all the, like, bells and whistles, like the autographs and sketch cards and things like that. So that's exciting for people. Um, and that's uh, that's and that's fun. And I can tease a little, little bit about, about what's upcoming for the Force Awakens series one. Um, there's some stuff that we can talk about, so it'd be great to give like a little bit of like what's coming down the road, and maybe even a quick plug on your Comic Con. So Bruce, you good with uh, taking the reins on this? Oh, so I'm in charge now. Yeah, man. That's if you're the organization guy. We're gonna make you the lead. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually started the podcast with a, another host who moved to Minnesota, and so Bruce has come on. So I'm slowly just kind of pushing him up, and then I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna hang back and I'll uh, produce and edit. <laughs> 
Nice. At one point, I thought you were going to leave and bring another person in. It'd be me and this other person, maybe. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm... see. I, I know where he's going with this. <laughs> I just want to edit this stuff. Hey, Mark, are you looking to do a regular gig? <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I've got like no time, but that sounds spectacular. Um, it actually might be a conflict of interest if I had my podcast. Um, I could probably be a guest, but not be a content creator. I would bet. I'd have to check into that actually. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, you probably can't. I probably am not allowed, although I'm allowed to run the circuit and, um, you know, I, I joke too, like, I, you know, I'm very, uh, I'm very um, protective of, like, the NDA that we signed and the assets and all the things that we're not allowed to talk about, so I won't even speculate about what I think might or might not happen in, in Episode 7 or anything upcoming, um, just because, you know, I, there are things I do know that are not public, but even if there are things I don't know, I don't even want to, like, what if I'm right? Like right, right. That, that would be a big problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I can never really give away a spoiler without knowing it. That would be really, really bad. Yeah, because they're going to think that you found out, that you knew for sure, but you're like, no, no, I really, I was speculating. I really had mm-hmm. no idea. Exactly. <laughs> and that's not good. That's not good for anyone. Like, for example, we have, we've seen images from Rebel Season 2 already because, you know, we're, we're working on something. I can't tell you what actually at the moment, but we've seen pictures, and I think a lot of the, the licensees have seen imagery from rebel season two and the character designs on some of these new characters is truly spectacular like i love rebels i'm a big big fan of the show um and to be able to see the stuff that's coming out before um before it's going to hit the market is always really awesome um i don't have the scripts or anything to to go with it so i'm just seeing these amazing images and i see some stills from the show i'm trying to piece together a little bit of story and at the same time i'm just like i mean i really should just wait Wait and enjoy it. Be blown away by this, the season premiere. I already thought Siege Lethal was their best episode yet, so I'm sure season two is going to be even better. Now, because I always, I always get like uh, cautious asking asking these questions uh, because I know the NDAs are like tricky and stuff. Um, so, from from what you've seen, like I wouldn't think that there's really anything coming up in season two that would just be like whoa like just blow your hair back because to me i would think like what's gonna top um what's gonna top rex so i mean are yeah. you are you thinking that that's there's so much coming oh um, really okay yeah. okay well, here's, the, here's the nice thing about the star wars universe is that it's ever expanding and even though we're um caught between all different types of time periods like the clone wars is set between two and three they built out a lot of content right so even though we thought we knew the whole story seeing the movies one, two, and three, there's still other pockets to fill in or right. different locations to go to. And right now we're like right on the cusp of episode four. We're somewhere around 3.7 if I'm doing my math right. Um, so there's still a couple of years to get to um, before we end up at, at A New Hope. And so there's a lot of stories left to be told and a lot of new characters you can introduce. And honestly, if you really need to, you just kill them off. Like, and you'll never need to speak <laughs> right. of them ever again. Um, and in some ways, it's like, wow, didn't the Clone Wars just give us a lot of those loose ends? And, you know, we jailed um, uh, Barris Afi. Um, mm-hmm. We killed Adi Galia or, or Stas Ali. I can't remember because um, they're cousins. And they're, they're at one point, I think they were actually the same character until they were officially in the canon moved apart because they had a different actress play her. Um, across the two films, but stuff like that happens. And I mean, uh, um, Savage Opress was killed in the Clone Wars. Um, so it's like, oh, that's why we don't have to worry about him not being in the, the series anymore and not be weird. Um, but I, I, you know, I would not, I would bet that Darth Maul might come back because he's still alive. Asajj Ventress is still out there. Like, I want to know what's happening to these people. And right. it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that they could come back um, and then maybe just die. I don't know, like really easy <laughs> People. It's, it's very easy when you have a war movie or war mm-hmm. series happening 
that characters just get uh, killed off. Um, but we also we also know who is coming back for sure, like the Emperor. And Sam Smith is doing that voice, which I love him. He's Darth Maul, and he's been the Emperor before, and he's going to be great. Um, and Tarkin is back, and we've just got like a whole good cast of people. But then there's a whole bunch of new characters that I can't talk about that I've seen pictures for, and um, I think that's going to be awesome to see these new people come in. And I don't know what they're doing yet, but uh, based on the character designs, I'm super excited to find out who they are and what their intentions are. I'm definitely excited for for the show. That was the only thing about you know when we were at Celebration and, and we they had that whole. Uh, you know the black screen and you just hear Rex's voice and like every you know the hair on the back of your neck stands up and everyone <laughs> loses their mind you know and I'm like how do you top that you know like like they they almost uh so um with that without a doubt having D Bradley Baker come back and Sam Witwer come back have got to be the two big gets now that now that we've already brought um Ashley Eckstein back right I think she is really right. like the thing where people are like thank god hashtag Ahsoka lives you know, we were all in on that um, when we saw her at the end of season one. And then Siege Lethal, I mean, that episode was hers. Um, it was all about her returning and the impact she's going to have. So my big question now is, how will the dynamic of the team change? You know, she's not really Spectre 7. Um, they're part of a larger rebellion now. So even the, the ghost and the whole crew have a whole new life ahead of them, essentially. But she's almost taken over as their leader, um, which is a very, a very different um, – it's a very different show then. So I'm curious to see how that's going to pan out. And I'd love to see her her throw down with some of the villains that we know. I mean, she obviously is going to have to really encounter Vader at some point. Um, hopefully she survives. I, I really <laughs> want her to still be alive. Um, I, you know, I, though I, you know, I, I hate to say it out loud. I'm not going to say it out loud. You never know what's going to happen to her. Um, because at some point, it's really Yoda's the last remaining Jedi other than Luke, right? right. Um, we'd have to believe, though, across the galaxy there are others. Um, you know, did, does she leave? There's any number of things that can happen. But yeah, having her come back um, and, and Dee Bradley Baker and, and, the, and then Steve Stanton, of course, and, and now Sam Witwer, I mean, they just keep they, they keep delivering. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm telling you now that Sarah Michelle is being added, I don't know who she's playing, um, but I'm, I can't wait. I'm, I'm such a Buffy fanatic. I just can't wait to have Sarah Michelle on the show. I, I know you talked about you didn't want to speculate on, on anything or anything like that. I'm, to me, just the obvious thing, uh, would just be, okay, she's going to either be playing one of two roles. I'm, I'm thinking she's probably going to be that new Inquisitor, but if she's not doing that, then possibly Leia. But I, I think, I think Leia would probably be too... It's a little expected, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I and I gotta say, so I'm, I'm I'm very conscious about not speculating about episode seven, Rebels. Mm, you know, like I, I feel like <laughs> okay a little, um, especially because I mean I don't have any scripts or anything. Like I know okay. none of the story. I've seen some images, uh, but I don't know who's who. And and actually, they're having a great panel at New York Comic Con, which Tops will be at. I'll give you all the details, but okay. um, Tops will be at New York Comic Con, and that Thursday, I believe, is the Rebels panel. And Sarah Michelle Gellar is going to be there along with, um, I want to say, Taylor Gray um, and a few other members of the cast, Freddie Prince Jr., of course. Um, so I, I don't know if they're going to explain who she's playing or if they're still going to continue this tease because it's been going forever. I feel like they cast her like a year ago um, and they still haven't told us who she's going to be. Uh, my hope, my personal hope, is that she is someone like Princess Leia because she really, for me, Sarah Michelle Gellar and the role of Buffy really redefined like the, the heroine um, like the strong female character of the 90s. And right. and really, like, Leia was one of those characters that I think you go back to and you think of, like, who's a really strong female lead? Um, oh, yeah. and, and you always think of Princess Leia, and then you always think of Buffy. And wouldn't it be amazing if we had Sarah Michelle Gellar come in and play the young version of Princess Leia, who I think around this time might be 17 or 18 years old? 
um, if she's 22 or 23 in the film, if I'm if I'm doing my math right. Well, uh, I, I so. think the um, I think finally because it, it started out around there, and I think that basically they kept uh, clicking it back. So when Revenge of the Sith came out, they I believe they ended up basically putting a date on it, so she would be 19 by. Um, by a new hope. hope. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, nineteen. All right, perfect. So thank you for correcting me, guys. (laughs) No, no, it's fine. Um, Like I'll forget. And so right now, she might only be sixteen or or fifteen. But Sarah Michelle has that really high pitched young voice that she could probably still believably play the voice of a fifteen or sixteen year old, um, and and do it in a really strong, exciting way. Um, Right, because Ashley did it with Ahsoka in the Clone Wars. Um, and Ashley has a beautiful voice too. So, um, you know, it'd be really exciting is if, and you'd have to believe this to be true. If, if, uh, <laughs> if she's friend, if Ahsoka is friends with Bale, um, she must have an impact on Leia's life, right? Oh if my Ahsoka, God, you're blowing Ahsoka, my mind. <laughs> yeah, if Ahsoka and Bale are, are coordinating the rebellion. I mean, does, does Leia look up to Ahsoka, which in some ways then, you know, the mentor like, and her mentor is Vader. I mean, it's all very like incestuous in some ways with like the characters all being connected like this, but yeah, I really do hope that, um, we get some good Leia Ahsoka, um, dynamic on screen. That would be spectacular. Oh man. Oh wow. And you've yeah. completely turned me around because to start with, I was like, eh, you know, I think Leia, I think Leia's just too on the nose and it's just whatever. But then you start, like so you brought up the Buffy thing and I'm like, yeah. you are absolutely right. Like I, that would stuff, make that awesome. <laughs> this is the stuff I think about when I can't go to sleep that and all the products we're working on. Um, right. <laughs> I, mean, I, I refer to this as my work life blend. Um, you know, this is a perfect example this weekend. I'm here in Baltimore, which is why you're Skyping me on this number you don't know. Um, <laughs> um, I'm staying with some friends, and we went to Baltimore Comic Con this weekend. And I'm here just, you know, with friends, having a good time, uh, buying some art, buying some comics. Um, my friends were getting commissions done and things like that. And I'm also here looking for sketch artists and uh, doing a little Doctor Who research, I think I was telling you guys before. So um, I, I love this kind of stuff. And, of course, I'm looking around, and everyone is super excited about Star Wars. Um, like, you can feel it in the air. Everywhere you go at a place like this, people are dressed up. I saw someone dressed as Kylo Ren. I was like, how did you customize a costume already? You know, <laughs> like, oh, I guess the trailer's been out for like nine months at this point. So um, it's certainly feasible that you could have pulled together the look flawlessly by this time. So it was very impressive. I, uh, I'm, I'm a big comic book fan and, uh, you know, that area. So I actually have a lot of friends in there. And I think actually a friend of mine is doing some work for you guys now. Um Jamie, oh, really? Jamie Cosley. I know Jamie Cosley, or I, I should say, I know his name. Um, so I don't know Jamie myself, but Dave Waldeck, who's our designer, uh, works with all the artists. Um, and I know Jamie's work cause it's, uh, it's very stylized and colorful if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and I have to look it up to be sure, but, um, we've definitely had Jamie's cards in, I think even Revenge of the Sith and Chrome Perspectives and probably Journey to the Force Awakens. It's, it's crazy. Like uh, everyone seems to know everyone in the community. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it is so, and and then you don't even realize that you, you're like, oh, I know, you know, I know that person, and it just it makes it feel so small, almost like the Star Wars universe. <laughs> True, like in the Star Wars universe, it's kind of unbelievable that your lead villain from the first episode ends up becoming the father of the lead two heroes, um, or then the and of course like the male and female leads end up being siblings. Like it all feels very like who forced this connection to happen? Um, but then, you, know, you, you grow to believe it for a long time. And then it's true within the Star Wars community. You know, I follow tons of people on Twitter and they all seem to know each other. And I feel like I know all of them too. And I met you guys uh, through Riley who, right. you know, just met us at, um, uh, at celebration and I did his podcast and I was just on coffee with Kenobi last week. And I'm tweeting about 
um, Riley or someone else earlier today, and then the Coffee with Kenobi guys are retweeting me, and it's just all like a nice community of people who um, I just all get a lot of um, excitement out of uh, this property. There's, everyone's super passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, and I did find so so Jamie is doing uh, some stuff. And uh, he, I'm looking at some of his cards here, and I'm like, "Ooh, that Jack Porkins is awesome!" You know, and he's got a uh, a Greedo here that I love. So I have to go to his personal page because I, I know the artist by when we open the boxes and look at them and look at the cards. Um, but I don't think I've checked out any one particular person's uh, actual full portfolio digitally. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the cards as they arrive to the office, which is always fun. So we get the cards arriving. We have to open the boxes. Uh, we count them up. We we go. Th- we quality check them. Obviously, like you know, if you can't have um, certain things in there, there's no blood. Um, there's no sex. Obviously, there's no nudity. Um, but you also need to make sure the character likenesses are are, are right on. Right. Um, and, and we actually can't do one of the styles. I believe the very first Clone Wars, not before Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the TV show. There was that prior show, Clone Wars. The uh, um, the Jindy yeah. series. Or yeah. Gindy? That, like, yeah. Yeah, we um we can't use that style. So okay. unfortunately, every now and then we'll get a card that's drawn like that, and we have to discard it. Or God help us, when we're doing anything related to Empire, and someone's drawing the Wampa, the Wampa is always covered in blood in the movie, mm-hmm. but we can't actually put cards that have blood on them into the product. So um, we've got like a stack of bloody Wampas that we have to discard. It's really <laughs> unfortunate. Uh, but that was like our big problem as we were doing Illustrated Empire Strikes Back was our stack of bloody wampas. We were like, this is ridiculous. At one point I photographed it and I was like, this is insane. Just, uh, you know, we could have like a whole other product just filled with bloody wampas. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know what, what what they should do? And and I would love this is you're like, nope, no bloody wampas. And you're like, okay, fine. So then you just get the leg shot from Empire Strikes Back, you know? <laughs> exactly. Here's like the pieces of the wampa that are not soaked in blood. Uh, <laughs> and I would love to be able to, to to show people that stuff, even though we, we can't put it into the product, but you know, we want to be, we want to, um, we want to obviously like play by the rules and, um, and, and not upset anyone. And, and, you know, Disney gives us a lot of, uh, leeway on this type of thing where, you know, we have this list of artists that they've approved and, um, we've got a lot of leeway to, to do the styles that they do. Some of them are highly stylized. Some are more, um, true to the character, the way it looks exactly the way it is. Some are black and white, some are color, um, different media, um, whether it's uh, pencil or marker or ink of some sort, anything but charcoal really because it gets all smudgy. But um, we, we have a lot of freedom there. Um, so we don't want to let things like that get out and then, then lose that freedom. That's the last thing we want. You know? Right, right, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we love this. The, we love our sketch card artists. We've got a great stack of them. In fact, uh, um, you were saying, Jamie, um, you, you know, through um, some friends of yours who are here at Baltimore, um, one, of our, one of our sketch artists, Brad Hudson, He's here at Baltimore, and he has his Chrome Perspectives return cards, which just went out um, to a bunch of the artists, so people should be receiving them now. If you're listening to this, uh, your Chrome cards are in the mail. Um, <laughs> Brad Hudson has his uh, sketch cards for sale um, over in the Artist Alley. Um, so, yeah, we've uh, it's, it's exciting. It's, I love like walking up and down the aisles, and I'm just like, oh, that's one of our guys, which is great. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. I, I love that whole community, you know, and, and that's the one thing – you know, to, uh, that I would say to anyone who is sort of new to con going, you know, one of the most rewarding things that, that I, I would say to do is to go find some of these people who will, you know, it, it's not a lot of, they don't charge a lot of money to, to do you a, a sketch, yep. uh, or, or a commission, uh, is, is what they call them. But, you know, th- they'll do you a, a commission, and it's it you know it's just it's unique and it's awesome 
And it, you know, I, I have something of Jamie's that I'll, I'll have to dig out here uh, in a bit to show you that I absolutely love it. And I told him what I wanted. And he's like, I love it. He's like, that's fantastic. And this was, I believe this was last year. So, so I had no idea, you know, about that he would be, be doing uh, the tops cards or anything. But I was like, you know, I'm like, I've got a great idea. I think you would be perfect for it. I'm like, how about doing, uh, you know, because I love his style. And I'm like, what about Luke kind of uh, like pointing and, and laughing at Wedge and saying, my dad can beat up your dad and Wedge crying. Wow. <laughs> and, and he's like, that's hilarious. So he did it and it looked so good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree 100% with you in terms of the, the get to know your artists, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not a terribly artistic person myself. You know, I'm a marketer by trade and I, you know, I worked at Nielsen, so I'm an analytics geek, um, you know, but I appreciate really good art. Um, and so when I go to conventions, I always spend time up going up and down the aisles at Artist Alley trying to see new people. Um, to your point, picking up uh, a commission or a sketch or even a print. Like if you know, it, it doesn't cost a lot of money typically to get a print. Um, right. So I was just at, um, or even a signed comic. So um, I, you know, I'm really into Doctor Who right now. I think I was telling you guys before that we're putting out a product in November. Um, we're doing the very first uh, Doctor Who trading card set, which we're so excited about. It's going to cover the entire series. Um, so it's a very big set. It's 200 base cards. It's 50 inserts. We've got an awesome autograph list going in. Um, but I'm also just catching up on some of my content. I love the property, but it's so deep, right? Um, and there's a whole comic book component too, like Titan just got the license, but IDW had it for quite a while and there was, and there's an artist there, uh, Kelly Yates, who I just bought uh, one of his custom comics. He did a custom cover uh, with th the three latest, three of the latest doctors, so it was 10, 11, and 12. So David Tennant, Matt Smith, and Peter, um, and the three of them were all on the cover together. So I bought that and he signed it for me and we were chatting about Doctor Who and you know, that, that wasn't expensive, um, but you're able to get like a little piece of all the different artists out there and see who you like and um, and really get, and really support the the people who are driving content creation, um, which is is really an important part of any of the conventions. So when you're going to these things, like yeah, definitely take some time if you can map out your 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 weekend um, to go up and down the artist alley tables. It's, it's definitely worth your time. Oh yeah, yeah, because they really Absolutely. do want to meet their fans. They do really want to yes. meet the people that read and, and and write to them and and buy their products. It really is important to them. Oh yeah, I mean I'm I'm a huge fan of Masters of the Universe, which is one of Mattel's biggest properties, right? And DC now has the license for the comic book. And uh, one of the artists there is uh, his uh, his Twitter is Pop Mahan, and I know his last name is Mahan. It's M H A N. I always forget his first name, um, but he's there. And I was able to get um, a custom print, um, or rather a print, and he signed it, um, and a, a bunch of the issues that he had done the covers for, and he signed those for me. So now I've got signed copies of the comics that I've been reading, and the latest one just came out too. So I've got to read that tonight. I think we're on issue 11 of the Eternity War. Um, which I incorrectly tweeted out earlier today was the Infinity War. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm waiting for the backlash on that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's He-Man the Eternity War that is happening right now. Yeah, it's too bad you can't edit tweets. Once they're out there, they're out there. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that recently. I was like, I wish I could edit my tweets. And then I bet you if you had something that went super viral and a lot of people favorited and retweeted, and then you edited it, could you make it say the exact opposite and then make it look like lots of people believe your crazy thing that you're saying? <laughs> that's like part of it. Because you can do that on Facebook. I've seen people edit their Facebook posts um, yeah. with that with that exact intention. Right. Um, so maybe Twitter has decided not to. I do love that platform though. It's, it's, it's perfect for someone like me who's got like just a little bit of ADD where I constantly need content flowing in at all times and you know I want any quick bites. You know, I'm much more likely to read Twitter or blog posts or listen to a podcast 
then I am to actually like read a novel, um, which is why all of the Journey to the Force Awakens novels are still still sitting on my coffee table um, since Force Friday. Um, it's terrible. Like that's actually <laughs> a reading that I need to do. I should bring it on the train with me, and instead I'm like tweeting up a storm. You know, it's a very I'm just I'm made for that this this ridiculous generation of. Um, uh, small content, lot like lots of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's a problem I have with reading novels on my uh, iPad because I read them through Kindle. But what ends up happening is I sit down with my iPad to read, and then all of a sudden, well, first I'm checking Twitter, then I'm checking Facebook, and I get engaged yep. in all these different things, and I never end up reading. And and that's the thing too is I also run all of our social media, so I'm just constantly like on it, like Con Ed. You know, like there's always a question or a complaint or something. So um, for anyone who does want to follow our social media, uh, one my my Twitter is uh, Darth Von Olin. Um, and then our actually official Twitters, uh, or Twitter account for Tops is at Tops Cards. And then if you love our app, um, Tops Digital is really who to follow. And then on Facebook, uh, facebook.com official Top Star Wars, I, up that, I update that page every day. And that's very much um, the, the hub to go to, to learn about all the different products that we're putting out in the market. Like right now, um, we've got a slew of things. We've got the Journey to the Force Awakens cards, We've got dog tags, we've got danglers, we've got this awesome new collectible game, The Galactic Connections, um, which I definitely want to spend some time telling you guys about because that one's a lot of fun. Yeah, go ahead and tell us. So what is exactly Galactic Connections? It's well, Star Wars related. Well, you, well, you can finish your, your sentence first. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that, that was kind of it, right? <laughs> okay, no, I'm just, oh, <laughs> just teasing oh, Bruce. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was just the plug of all of our social channels. Um, mm-hmm. We have so many, which is kind of – oh, we also have an Instagram uh, that's at Top Sports. And our marketing manager manages that, and she'll put up some Star Wars stuff every now and then. We'll be running some new contests coming up, especially as we get closer to Comic Con, which is which is always a really really fun time. Um, but yeah, Galactic Connections. Uh, one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you guys uh, about this uh, in particular is I know you're collectors, and I know you love games, and this product is both. It is both a collectible and a game, um, which makes it that much more fun. Uh, so for people who really just want to chase the rarity and that kind of thing. Um, we've, we've created a lot of rarity on this one, almost to the point where I see some of the things on the boards going, I can't find this chip, I'm gonna kill someone. And I was like, well, don't get you know homicidal about it, but um, it, they're out there. Um, <laughs> but the, the game is, is really easy to play, um, but interesting too. So there, it works uh, on a couple different levels. Okay, so now these that this game it includes all these hexagon pieces that it's collectible. So you once you buy the game, you're also buying additional pieces if you want to build up your character base. Right. So we've got 86 characters in total that you can collect. And if you start out with a starter pack, um, and, and these are exclusive to Walmart, I should mention. So uh, go to your local Walmart in the collectible aisle where the trading cards are. Um, and we've got starter packs that are $9.98. You get 14 discs, uh, the game mat, the rules, and the checklist. Um, and if you need to expand your set, um, we've got five discs for $3.98 in little booster packs. And you'll probably see those on clip strips as well in like your random um, like Star Wars secondary placement aisles. Uh, so they, they're in line in the um, collectibles aisle. And then also right now, because there's so much Star Wars stuff, you might find like, is there like a Star Wars destination in, in your local Walmart? I know there was near me. Um, and they had everything under the sun from like book bags to notebooks, um, action figures. Our dog tags are on there, um, trading cards, and then uh, the clip strips of our booster packs, um, which is very exciting to see them kind of all over the place, which is a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so pick them up at Walmart, and then when you, you get your packs, uh, the discs themselves come in a variety of colors and a variety of different sticker types. Um, so I think I mentioned there are 86 characters. Uh, 75 of them are available in the retail product. And then 10 of them 
were exclusive to a giveaway we did during uh, Force Friday weekend. So that whole weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, Walmart was giving away a little two-pack that included um, two discs in the pack, one of them that was reminiscent of the retail product and that rarity scheme, and then another one that was exclusively a blue Starfield disc uh, that's reminiscent of our 1977 cards, so the very first ever Star Wars cards. Um, so I don't know, do you guys have your like original sets from 77? Um, I don't think you're old enough to be alive from that. I know I'm not, but um, I yeah. am alive. I, I was alive back then, and I actually still have my cards. You do? That's awesome. Yes. I, I had to get them from eBay, and I did that before I started working here. So I've had them, um, but I, I need to get the remaining series. I don't have Series 5, the orange border. Um, but uh, we do have a set in the office that I reference pretty frequently. Uh, but I need one for my personal collection, too. So that's on my list of things. Um, but yeah, those 77 cards are super iconic. Everyone knows. Uh, the blue starfield design. So we created a disc that is a uh, translucent blue with some like white glitter to create that starfield effect. And we put 10 exclusive characters on there, including like Mon Mothma and, and a few others. So um, those were only available uh, during the um, during the blue star during the Force Friday giveaway. The one thing that's uh, tricky about Galactic Connections is that it's really hard to explain without having a visual component to it. So we created some videos that you can check out on our YouTube page, and I'll mail you guys. I'll email you guys the link so you can put it up on your show blog or whatever, um, and then you can watch the videos. So there are two different videos, and one explains all of the different rarity of the product. So we've got all these different disc colors. Uh, there's gray, which is common, black, which is uncommon clear, which is rare, a bunch of ultra rare. So there's a Jabba slime translucent green, um, a translucent lightsaber red, Death Star silver, C-3PO gold, and then limited quantity, um, limited print run, I should say, ultra, ultra rares that just feature specific characters. So there's a battle damage disc that we only made 15 of, and that features Luke, Leia, Han, Vader, and I want to say Obi-Wan. Um, and then the Slave One design, which only features Han and Boba Fett, and then an imperial red, which only features the emperor. And we only made like five of those. So it's a very small quantity. Um, you can learn about all those different rarities by watching the video. And it'll flash the different images so you can see what they look like. So you don't get confused. Because um, we've also got all these different foils to chase. So in the gray, the black, and the, um, the clear, there are three different um, sticker types. There's a four-color print standard sticker, a foil one, and then a pattern foil. And all the ultra rares just have one sticker type. Um, or one foil type, I should say, um, and they're and they're all really gorgeous. Like the the limited print quantity ones have like a textured sticker to it, which is really nice looking. Um, so does the solid gold disc. If you guys find that fourteen karat gold <laughs> one, um, which is you know, definitely chase that down. Um, so yeah, then the other video explains the gameplay. And I remember I was very recently trying to explain to someone how to play the game, just speaking to them, and I can see them trying to figure it out in their head, going, "What the hell is he talking about?" <laughs> it is so easy though. Just watch the video. It's about two minutes long. Um, it explains basically all the different characters' powers because uh, every disc is a hexagon and four of the sides have lines on the side that are attribute levels. And they tell you their their quantity for attack, intelligence, deceit, and honor. And then you use those um, attributes as you battle on the board and make story connections. Um, and there's even an overlay where you can win bonus points by making story connections between the characters. So while you're battling on the board, if you do have two characters who know each other in the story, like Luke and Vader, you also get bonus points for connecting them through a story connection. Hence the name Connections, um, with the X, okay. uh, trademark, patent pending, so, <laughs> um, which is very exciting. Uh, but yeah, so check all that out. You can go to tops.com slash galactic connection, and the full checklist is there. It's got all the different disc types that you can collect, as well as a list of all the blue Starfield discs that were exclusive. 
Um, and the videos are embedded on that page as well. So there's actually sort of a blow up of our PDF of the game rules and everything, like how to play, as well as the videos that, that explain it. So if you just want to watch the video instead, instead of like reading through all the rules, <laughs> it's really easy. But at the same time, I just like to be told. <laughs> like, I don't want to read. I was like, this is a long page. I was reading through it the other day and I was like, this is very comprehensive and exactly what we need. I would never read this. Uh, <laughs> no, the the I, videos are great. I watched it. I actually showed the gameplay video to my wife just to explain to her what the game was because we're getting ready to go on vacation. I said, hey, this might be a fun game for us to take along and play in our hotel room if there's ever a night you know, where it's raining or something. And and she watched the video and she goes, oh, you know, the kids will love I think we'll, we'll all like that. I mean, that really explains it. It shows you exactly how to play the game. Excellent. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I must have shown it to 100 people in the office. The problem is everyone knows the product. So it's hard to find someone who is completely new to it and, um, and then would have like a fresh perspective. Because people are going to tell you like, oh, you could tweak this, tweak that. But like I really need someone who um, had never heard of it or whatever. And if, it's, if, it, uh, if it makes sense to you, that's perfect. So I'm glad to hear yeah, because Bruce is really dense, so we know if he gets it, then anybody can get it. <laughs> no, <kidding>. nice <laughs> wait, wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, so I'm. While you're, uh, you may be able to hear us typing a little bit, but you're like, okay, job, you know, Java slime green, and I'm like, okay, let's see what that one. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, you know, and and looking at these, they look really cool. Um, I'm having a hard time finding the the battle damage one. That's the one that was really intriguing to me. Uh, that one is very limited. I think mm -hmm. we did 15 in total, and there's over a million discs in the market. So the oh odds on there, I mean, the, the, the packs have odds printed on there, and it'll tell you just how bad the odds are. <laughs> <laughs> Never tell me the odds. Like, you don't want right. to know. Um, they're very, very limited. Um, I actually have not seen any come up on the boards or eBay or anything, though I think mm -hmm. someone pulled a Slave 1 disc. I have to double-check to be sure. Um but yeah, they're really cool looking. It's like a spray paint design on the battle damage, and it's a hand painted design for the Slave One. Um, my actually my favorite in the whole stack though um, is the is the lightsaber red. I just love the translucency on there, and it's got the cool sticker. Yeah, yeah, that's. I, I was like, I, I found. I finally found someone had uh, sold a Han battle damage on eBay. Uh, oh, yeah. See, the the listing price was for four hundred dollars, but the best offer was accepted. So who knows what that means? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd like to believe it was three ninety nine, and that way, <laughs> tell, I can tell Walmart, look how good everything's selling on the secondary market. Take wave three. Um, uh -huh. So, because we are we are planning a wave two. I mean, it's doing really well outside of the gate. Um, so we are, and I should say, in wave one, we have episode seven characters. So Kylo Ren, Finn, Ray, all those guys are in there, and we put a black border around them so they don't have powers. So mm -hmm. even at that level, we're not giving away any spoilers, and they act differently in the game. They act as blockers. Um, so it's a little bit different. Um, and these will be their rookie discs is what we're calling them because in Wave 2 we'll be able to put some attributes around them, which is very exciting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and there's 2-1-B. Uh, so you've got your healer there. Who, which one? 2-1-B, uh, yeah. I see him. That's number 41 on the list, yep. Yeah. Yeah. IG-88 <laughs> on there. We've got all of our um, bounty hunters. It's a, it's mostly a mix of characters from the, the movies, so mostly Saga, mm -hmm. some prequel, your favorite prequel people. Um, and a limited amount of people from the animated series. We really wanted to go movie first time around, uh, but we made sure we got Ahsoka and Asajj in there. You can't not have them. I would say that those two are A-listers. Um, yeah, we have characters that are um, higher connectivity like Luke and Leia, and then characters that are a little bit lower connectivity, like they don't really appear in the story as much, like a Tion Midon or um, or like a Greedo who's really only in one scene, you know? Right, right. Nice mix. 
<laughs> well, see, and and that's what I love about you know. I think that's a big part of why I'm a collector. You know, some of these that uh, characters they had such a small uh, role in the films, but like you know, I I really like Greedo. You know, um, yeah, people, and he's so part of like the mythology too with the Who Shot First. And right, kind of, it's it's amazing. It really develops Han's character. Um, and same thing with the Gamorrean guard. I think everyone just loves him, and they forget that he's in one scene. <laughs> right, right. Connected to Jabba and no one in the Rancor. You know, like, that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got one other character, uh, Princess Leia in her um, uh, her prisoner outfit when she's uh, captured by Jabba. In, uh, <laughs> I love that. That is awesome. Yeah. Her prisoner outfit. Prisoner outfit. Um, <laughs> so. We were just talking about the uh, um, that little controversy earlier. So. Yes, yeah, so uh, she's gone through numerous names. Um, this this costume piece, uh, and in fact, Rolling Stone, uh, from what I understand, is actually going to be doing a uh, a true auction of one of the pieces of that outfit, like uh, and, uh, and apparently a slew of other things from Star Wars to go purchase. Um, and that is their lead item is the actual outfit that Carrie Fisher wore um, in in Return of the Jedi, which is crazy. Like I can't imagine that should be a museum piece right. um, because it's become so iconic. Uh, but we decided, like, we wanted um, something really rare and interesting, and it's a solid gold, 14-karat gold disc. Um, and there are five of them, and they're in the product as redemption discs. So um, you can find these, uh, you know, and, and you can find the redemption disc, and then uh, you, you go to tops.com or call the 1-800 number and, and redeem the disc, and you've got a solid gold, 14-karat gold disc of Princess Leia, which is really, really exciting. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because that's mailed to you, right? So you have to go onto the website and then you get the disc through the mail? Yeah, we'll mail it to you in like a really nice case. Um, yeah. So it'll, it'll come to you um, nice and protected. It's a gorgeous disc. Uh, I actually have one of them in my office. We made a sixth disc uh, for marketing purposes and we actually brought her to San Diego to show everyone what it looked like and let people hold it um, very closely, mind you. I was like, if this thing disappears, it's on me. So. Um, we had a couple of select people got to hold the disc and feel how heavy it was. It, it was real. It was not a mock-up or anything. Um, and we're going to bring her to New York Comic Con as well. Um, so we'll be touring her um, throughout. I don't know where else we're going to go yet, but um, we've brought her to Walmart's headquarters uh, for a meeting. She was just there last week doing some 2016 planning with the rest of the team. Um, and we refer to her as her as if she's a person. Um, I know. We- I thought it was funny you're referring to a gold disc as a her. It's <laughs> yeah, awesome. So we- we take Leia with us, and you know that was exciting. And I'm always reminding people, like, make sure you carry it on you, not in your check bag. Do you uh, take her out for <laughs> drinks when you're out of town? <laughs> I would love to actually say, believe me, if we had the capacity to do this, I would have a blog of just her crazy adventures. And <laughs> I, I, like, I'm going to Rhode Island Comic Con in a few weeks, actually, which I'm so excited about. Rhode Island's one of my favorites. Um, actually, God, it's it's a, it's more like a couple months. That one's in November. Um, I've got numerous cons coming up over the next couple of weeks. New York is coming up. We're going to be at the, the non-sport update convention in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Tops will be there with an official presence on Saturday. So I'll be there talking Star Wars. Um, New York Comic Con, of course, we're going to be there all four days. I don't remember our booth number, but I'll send it to you. Um, and I'm also going to Chiller, which is a horror convention. And that's just my thing. I just love horror movies. Uh, but we're going to Rhode Island Comic Con, just me. Um, I should say me and my husband um, and, and a couple of friends might meet us too. And I, I know that Carrie Fisher is going to be there. So I'd love to be able to meet her and get a picture of her with the disc. But I also don't want to be like that guy from Tops that's asking for a favor. So um, we'll see if I can set that up. I mean, I want to I buy an autograph from her anyway um, for, for a friend. So if she's there, it would be amazing if I could get you know Carrie Fisher to see the disc. That would be insanity. 
Yeah, I th- I don't think that would really be an issue after because my wife wanted to meet her up at uh, at celebration and yeah she was all about she actually had the read pop people were like basically by the end of it they're like okay come on let's 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 get going you know like trying to to push people through because she's like wait no I want to do this and do this so yeah I think she would probably love that. I don't think Carrie Fisher would walk away from anybody who's carrying gold around with them. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, she is one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, I I was lucky enough to see her Broadway show when you know I'm from New York, so when she was doing Wishful Drinking, uh, my husband and I decided to go, and it was right around Christmas time, and we hung around afterward uh, to get autographs, and she signed our playbills, and she signed an action figure of her. Um, with the specific intention that she usually doesn't do that. Uh, but we were like, look, this is not for eBay. I, we wanted to get personalized and like hang it in our house because we love you and we love postcards from the edge. And we were talking very non-Star Wars stuff too. And she was like, she was really feeling it. Um, and so she glitter bombed us, which she does. That seems right. to be a um, So I got glitter in my eyes. So that was true. <laughs> we got a great photo and she signed the action figure saying, please don't sell me on eBay. Love Carrie Fisher. So it was- <laughs> Um, I'll send you guys the photo because it's spectacular and it's one of my favorite autographs that we have in, in, in the apartment. Yeah, you should definitely tweet that out so everybody can see that. That's pretty awesome that she would sign it like, don't sell me on eBay. Yeah, it was good because um, we specifically talked about how we weren't going to do that. And, um, you know, she put both of our names on there, so that was nice. Um, she's, she's really, really nice. So I'm hoping that um, her line at uh, Rhode Island Comic Con is manageable, that um, we'll have time to meet her. And I'd love to show her the gold disc. So. Um, that would be super cool. Uh, but the gold disc for everyone else who, who wants to find it, there are five of them out there across the starters and the booster packs. And uh, and there's even one that was inserted into the giveaway, the giveaway promos that we did during Force Friday. So no one has found one yet. The product's been out for only about three weeks. So it's not terribly uncommon to not have a winner like this this early on. Um, but I, I really hope someone wins soon because I want to like celebrate and and. And, uh, and apparently um, Walmart is also doing an overlay to the promotion where when we find our gold disc winner, you'll also get a room makeover to the tune of $2,500, oh, wow. um, which that's, that's a lot of money for a room, right? I was like, Jesus, like what's going into this thing? So there's uh, apparently going to get bedding and pillows and action figures and toys and all sorts of Star Wars stuff. Um, so it's very, very exciting. So everyone should be on the hunt like right now for this product. <laughs> yeah, run out right now and try to find your gold. Because you could get a whole room makeover and everything. That's so awesome. <laughs> I, sh- I, could, I sh- could really use that. Could, does it have to be a room at your home? What about your office? Because my office needs some help. You know what? I, I, I bet you if you read closely in the rules, um, there probably isn't a uh, restriction as to the size of the room or the location of the room. Um, though I would have to double check. Because um, I don't see why they wouldn't do an office. That would be cool. I mean, my office is already pretty spectacular, I got to tell you. I, I turned it into my geeky heaven. Um, with the, all my Star Wars stuff, my all the new Doctor Who stuff I've been acquiring lately, I finally got myself a sonic screwdriver, tenth Doctor sonic screwdriver. Just to be clear, okay, um, so that's so, the blue one. Yes, the okay. one. So I'm a I'm a Tenant fan. Like I, uh-huh. I those are really my favorite years. Um, and I've got like a little mini TARDIS, and the TARDIS even changes slightly too. Um, so funny enough, in the product we're doing, we're doing a little patch card, um, okay. and we're using two different versions of the TARDIS because there's one that when Matt Smith comes in. Um, it changes enough that we're using different art both before and after Matt Smith, which is a weird split right there. We really should have either multiple versions or like a vintage one, but there's one that works for everyone and there's one that's for Matt Smith and forward. So we've got the two different ones going into the product. Now, is this the inside or the outside of the TARDIS? The outside. It the changes, outside, okay. It changes just enough. I, I okay. think they add, um, 
if I'm remembering correctly, and the Doctor Who fans will roast me on this because I'm, I know I'm going to get it wrong. I think they add that little bit of uh, imagery to the right side. If you're looking at it, it's oh, on your right. Yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that now. It's also probably a little bit uh, wider, I suppose. I think that's true. Yeah, yeah. And it's, a, it's a much darker blue. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing. Okay, now I'm seeing all the little details, and I never pay attention. Now the the inside, I was like, oh wow, this is a, a total makeover. Um, but and the inside changes for every doctor, mm-hmm. um, which is which is cool because uh, you know the personality and the face of the doctor changes every season, which is such a great writing trick, right? Like, and this was in the '60s when they came up with this. I was like, what? We're going to recast this guy, and not only does he get a new face and a new personality, that is great. Um, and they've been making it work. Um, and I, I have to say, like, I, I love David Tennant. Uh, but Matt Smith has really grown on me too. He's pretty fantastic. So um, I'm looking forward to, to watching the Peter Capaldi seasons uh, because apparently he's very different than the two of them. And, and I like when the doctors really have their own point of view. Yes. You know, I, I like that. Um, I like that he's in some ways he's got the same values, but um, his, just the way he acts being so different. Um, it's it's really fun. Right. Right. Yeah. See, uh, Tennant was my first doctor. And I, so the first episode I ever saw was, oh, I, I may be saying the, the name wrong, but I think it's The Girl in the Fireplace. Yes. Um. So so that was the first one I saw. And I loved it. I was like, this is fantastic. I That's have to watch really more one. of this. And and so I then went back and started watching uh, Eccleston. And, and okay. he was a little hard for me to kind of get used to to start with because... I'm like, oh, this is different. And then uh, a friend of mine's like, just keep going. And then by the end of it, I was like, oh, I love him. Yeah, I, I think Eccleston gets a bad rap sometimes. Um, you know, he only did one season, and he's not exactly engaged in the fandom. So right. I think because of that, people also then don't appreciate his season. Whereas I think it's kind of the doctor. It might not have been the doctor we wanted at the time, but it's kind of the doctor we needed. Right. Um, I mean, I, I still stand by my thought that I think he is grossly miscast. Only in the sense that the doctor is supposed to be like really geeky and interesting and, um, and, and in a way that is different than like the hot, hunky, like sexy doctor that he was. And I was like, you're kind of like too good looking and too sexy to be the doctor like with your <laughs> jacket and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, like it, it just doesn't feel like the right uh, approach, but it's kind of the one we needed to bring into the modern age, you know, mm-hmm. where and, and, and the, the love story with Rose starts there. And I'm right. like, you know, that was actually a really good arc. And I like the way it ended, too. But uh, and, and Tenet made it believable as well. Um, but I usually don't like a romance between the companions. I like when it's 100% platonic. So a, a good case in point is is Catherine Tate as Donna Noble. Like, that's my – she's actually my favorite companion. Oh, and really? Okay. That is that um, there's, no, there's no romance. It's uh-huh. 100% teamwork, platonic, and they are just in it together. And she feels like a co-lead as opposed to a um, supporting actor. Okay. okay. Yeah, who's your favorite companion? Ooh, that's... I know, it's well, hard, right? There that's... The companion's hard. I mean, I could easily tell you my favorite doctor, but a companion is... Well, I came into the Donna years. I'm not saying she's necessarily my favorite, but that was the one thing I liked about it, that there wasn't a romance, that they were exactly what you were saying. They were partners in crime for the most part. But then I went back to the earlier season. So it was weird to see the romantic interludes about Rose and, and all those other things. It was, it was just kind of strange for me to see that. And even with Martha having a little bit of like an unrequited crush on him, I was like, you know, she's so strong and interesting and talented and brilliant going to be a doctor. And then she works for unit. I was like, I don't need the love story overlay. And I don't, I also don't think it's like a great message to have your, your secondary character um, being female and then also potentially falling in love with the leading males. Like it's not necessarily, it's such like such an archetype of a story that's been done to death 
Whereas I actually think Doctor Who is really progressive um, and, re and really like a great show for women. Um, so like for me, I'm like, you know, if you just remove the, uh, the, the romance element, um, the show is that much better. And, and I think even though Amy Pond started off in some ways with like a little bit of like a, a crush on the doctor, um, you know, her love for Rory was very pure and real and her thing for the doctor was very fantastical and crush oriented, I think, just because she likes knew him first as a little girl that he appeared and then disappeared. Um, but like she felt really real and I, and I, I, I like the way that turned out. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. And that was my issue with, with Martha was I thought she had so much to, uh, to bring to the table. And then if, if I'm thinking of the correct companion, uh, but yeah, played by Freema Ajman, um, who is spectacular, and she—I like that she comes back in during Donna's season too, because okay. we get more to her story. Um, and she and she really moves on up. I mean, she really saves the day during um, during the what is it—the beating of drums. Um, you know, she's she's really the hero there. She saves the doctor. She undoes the master. Um, and then with even in the Donna right. year, showing up at the end of Stolen Earth, um, I, like she's she's really part of the heroic crew, along of course with Captain Jack and. Oh, Captain Jack Harkle. He is. Oh man, I love. Who, what's that? What's that actor's name? Uh, so that's John Barrowman. Yes. Uh, who's on Arrow right now? But um, I know him really from Torchwood. So right. I was watching Doctor Who season one with or series one with Chris, and and then and and John was all over that season. Um, mm -hmm. And in fact, I should say, like you can you can hear it here first, I guess. Um, John Barrowman is signing autographs for us in the Doctor Who set. Um, I'm trying to be really. Um, uh, which is, is a huge get. We're so excited to have him. Um, I'm trying to, to to hold off on telling everyone who's signing for the Doctor Who set just yet. You know, it comes out in November, so we still have some time. But I also want to make sure autographs have arrived in-house because if someone signs a contract and yet somehow doesn't deliver, I don't want to disappoint people. Um, but my understanding is that his autographs are safely here in America, <laughs> in our office. So, um, And I'm, I'm so excited to be able to at least mention one name. And we do have some doctors signed on as well, but I'm not telling anyone who yet. Um, but we will be doing a big Doctor Who announcement at some point. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. that's fantastic. And I I love John Barrowman, but you know that that's one thing someone had brought up Arrow at Dragon Con because you know he was uh he was there yep and someone brought him up and and they they mentioned Arrow and I'm like okay listen I'm like I can't watch Arrow and I can't watch Arrow because of John Barrowman I like like <laughs> he's supposed to be this you know vicious villain and I'm like no you're not you're you're Jack Harkless <laughs> like like don't even pretend you know and then and then john barrowman himself you know like he's such a goof like he showed up to um i, I think it was the the costume contest wearing what looked like the dorothy dress yeah he was wearing a, a tardis dress and red pumps yeah yes. i mean like how fantastic is that and, and that was all over my twitter feed um, <laughs> And, and believe me, that's the tamest thing he's done in a long time. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Gareth David Lloyd stories of, uh, you know, the, being a scene partner with him. He was like, you won't believe the shit he pulled um, or the <laughs> stuff he pulled. You won't believe the stuff he pulled um, yeah. during Torchwood filming. Mm -hmm. um, and just like across the board um, being like a ham. Like he's very, he's as silly as you'd expect him to be, which is kind of awesome. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm dying to meet him because I, you know, I, I did his Kickstarter. So I've got an autographed album. You know, he's a singer too. He's kind of like a, a, a man of all trades. Um, and, and obviously now he's signing for Doctor Who and I was like at some point I was like I need to meet him and get a photo with him because um, aside from the fact that I've had a crush on him for years like he's actually <laughs> now like on a brand that I'm working on so um, you know at some point at some point I need to meet him and say hello 
Well, it sounds like you get around to all the conventions. So I'm sure at some point your paths will cross and you'll yeah, get to Yeah, the last oh, yeah. time um, at New York Comic Con where I thought I was going to meet him, his line was like around the convention center. I had never seen anything like it. I was like, what is happening? And oh, yeah, I'm like, this is the line for John Barrowman. I was like, oh, God, this is the giant line for John Barrowman. I was so upset um, because you know, you really like need to like make a day of like waiting in line for some of these things. Um, which which is tough because you know usually I try to create like a really solid game plan for the conventions. Uh, this time around though, I'm working the booth. Um, so if I haven't already mentioned, you know, Tops is going to be there. Uh, we're going to be there all day Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, you know, we'll have exclusive product for sale. Our team from the app. I know you guys are a fan of the Card Trader app. Um, the app team is going to be there demonstrating, and we've got a free card giveaway that weekend. We're going to be giving away loot cards. Um, we've got iPads that are going to be built into the booth so people can play along. Like it's going to be really, really fun. Okay, uh, but I'm just going to be on my feet for 12 hours a day, you know, four days in a row again. <laughs> <laughs> right. And this is October 8th through 11th, right? Yes. That Thursday to Sunday. Um, Thursday used to be a preview day. Now it is a full on day. It'll be starting on Tuesday before long. Let me tell you, I was at San Diego and Wednesday was preview night and people were coming to the booth like Wednesday midday hoping to buy product ahead of time. And I was like, my cash register is like not even installed. This wall is not even up yet. Um, but I understand where people are coming from and that they want to like get stuff done, especially if you're a vendor too and you're stuck in your booth. The last thing you want to do is like miss out on stuff happening because you're trying to make a sale. Um, so I, I totally appreciate that, and we try to get there early. And if we can do it, um, and there are people we know, like we'll we'll um, we'll deal with them in the in, in the the right before we open kind of situation, which is nice. What Star Wars things are you going to have at the booth? Oh, we've got some really fun stuff planned. So aside from our display case, that'll just be showing you all the great stuff that's out there now, like our Journey to the Force Awakens cards, the Chrome Perspective set we just did, the Revenge of the Sith cards that we did earlier this year. Um, I'd love to be able to put some preview stuff out, but we, we have to be really tight-lipped about Force Awakens. Um, but what we'll actually have for sale, we're doing seven different oversized card sets. Awesome. Um, so, <laughs> I was about to ask about that because I remember yeah, it was from Celebration. Do you love the oversized? I do. So, I do. We've been doing the oversized for two conventions in a row now, and they both sold really well. Celebration, we sold out of everything, which was crazy. And then even San Diego Comic-Con, which is not 100% a Star Wars show, you know, um, that went really well too, and then we put like our small leftovers up on Tops.com, which we always do. Um, that way, if you can't make it to the convention, we still want you to have a chance of getting it. Uh, all limited number, limited print quantity. Um, so for for New York Comic Con, we decided we're going to continue doing the oversized set. This time around, there we're going to change up the design a little bit. So on the Saga characters, um, we're going to do seven sets. As I mentioned, we're doing a Rebellion set, so the Rebel Alliance, and an Empire set. We're going to use the Series 2 and 3 design, so I believe we're doing Solid Red and Solid Green. I have to double check. Um, and then we're also doing oversized cards of the prequel characters, so a Jedi Council set, so all your favorite Jedi, and a Separatist set. So you can see, um, I wanted to sneak Asajj Ventress in there too, so, so oh, we need to figure sweet. out like a, a way to get her in there. Um, <laughs> so we're doing the Separatist, so you know, expect to see like Grievous and Dooku and the Emperor, or, or rather at that point um, uh, Sidious. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, we'll be doing oversized uh, Force Awakens car characters too. So oh, the nice. Resistance, which is the the good guys, the heroes. Um, so the people you'd expect. Um, you know, we can't show Luke. Luke has never been seen. Uh, we can't show Carrie Fisher yet. She has not been seen. But the characters that you saw in our Journey to the Force Awakens sets, uh, like Finn and Rey, um, uh, Chewie, um, Poe, R two D two, C three PO. Um, there's a few others that I'm forgetting at the moment. Is BB eight um, getting a? Oh yeah, BB eight's in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that'll definitely be uh, one that'll sell out very quickly. 
what we're going to do is we're, we're putting them all together by theme. So you'll buy like the whole resistance set together. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Very yeah. cool. And then, oh, so I should have, so that, that was confusing last time too, because we were doing 10 sets that each had 10 cards. So people thought there were 10 cards and I was like, no, there's a hundred cards. It's 10 sets. So people weren't getting it. So that, that took a little bit of explaining this time. We're doing uh, seven sets each with 10 cards. So the, the separatist set has 10 characters. The Jedi set has 10 characters, the, the rebel Alliance, um, the empire, and then, um, as I was mentioning, the Resistance, and then we also have a First Order set. And the First Order, of course, has Kylo, uh, Phasma. Um, I think we can show Hux. Um, yeah, because he's in. He's he, he'll be available at that point. Yeah. Um, and then a few other villains. You know, the Stormtrooper, the Flame Trooper. We've got a bunch of troopers. Um, nice. Got some vehicles uh, for them, which is exciting. Can't show Snoke yet. Um, I might mm -hmm. not even know what he looks like. No, um, <laughs> so I don't think anyone does. Um, which is exciting to find out eventually who he's going to be and everything. I don't know. Um, and then we're also doing a Rebels set. So I, think I mentioned already that the the Rebels season premiere is happening at that Thursday or Friday, whatever October 2nd is, uh, the week before. So then the panel is happening that, that Thursday. So we'll have oversized Rebels cards um, using all the, all the season two uh, character shots. Um, so everyone looks like a little bit different. I think Taylor's hair is, or Taylor, Ezra's hair is a little bit longer. <laughs> um, Ahsoka obviously is very different looking. Um, you know, and everyone's, uh, Sabine colored her hair. Yeah. So, she's got the new, yeah. Sabine's my favorite from Rebels. Just <laughs> so. It's so funny. I think if you had told me any character was your favorite, I can understand why. It's one of those where, you know, I saw a kid at uh, Celebration and he had the perfect Sabine recreation uh -huh. uh, with hair and the splatter on the shoes and everything. It was incredible. That's awesome. And I was like, you know what? I love her because she's our graphic designer and our marketer. Like she's the one putting out like the, you know, the driving the propaganda. And it's like, I get it. Like the, you need someone driving the message. Right. Um, and she's also just super cool because she's Mandalorian and she went through empire training. Like everything about her is badass. Right? Yes. Well, um, and it's, and that's the thing is I get so tired of, um, so many people are like, Oh, you know, Sabine, she's just, you know, she's not doing anything. I'm like, you're not paying attention. You know, like, like we're getting nice. And, and I, I usually like that. I like more subtlety, um, in my characters and, and we're getting a lot about her. It's just, it's not like right in your face, you know, it's like, okay, Ezra. Yeah, we get it. Cause he's the one that, uh, you know, you, you see the show through his eyes or whatever, but exactly. like Sabine's got plenty going on. It's just a little more subtle and I can respect that more. Yeah. And I, I agree a hundred percent too, with like where the focus is, right? Like the, the Ezra character draws in the kids because you'd have to assume too that they're looking for a primarily male audience, um, you know, for a show like this. It just typically goes that way. Um, so he's the one you have to identify with and learn with. So when they're doing like a training scene of Ezra, it's like, okay, the kids are supposed to learn. This means this. You know, I love when they're talking about Yoda's thing about like do or do not. There is no try. And and even Kanan was like, I don't really quite get it either. Um, and it's like, yeah, no one does. So it's kind of <laughs> you're you're experiencing that learning right there. Um, but yeah, and then they piece out other different um, chunks of information on these other characters. I think we're going to get a lot more of them in season two. I certainly hope so. Um, and I and I love to see how how Hera is going to evolve now that she doesn't really um, now that she's part of this larger group. She can sort of step back a little, right, and kind of be more like the the, the mom that lets people do the, the things they need to do versus um, being over overly protective. Because it seems like now everyone has sort of proven themselves. Like Ezra is really a contributing member of the team. Um, We've got Ahsoka in the mix now. It's it's a it's a different world for them. I'm excited to see where it takes us. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's kind of except for Chopper, who has apparently just revealed himself as a homicidal maniac. Oh, he's the best. I love it. <laughs> I, 
I want to find out who his voice is because we at one point thought we knew who did the voice of Chopper and wanted to get that person to sign cards for an upcoming set because um, we have all the rebels I should mention um, you know for for Journey to the Force Awakens uh, which just hit shelves in September we have 44 autograph signers and four of them are from rebels we were able to get Taylor Gray Vanessa Marshall Steve Bloom and Tia Surkar so we've got um, Ezra uh, Hera Sabine and Zeb. And actually, Steve Bloom signed cards for us at San Diego Comic-Con, which is spectacular. He's amazing in person, by the way, too. He's like the coolest guy. Um, so we got those guys to sign cards for us. And and we, we wanted to – we also are looking to get other people from the show, obviously. And we thought we knew the voice of Chopper, and it turns out that we don't. Um, so <laughs> that is a surprise at some point. And I don't know if it's ever going to become public or if the secret is a long-term secret or what the deal is. But now I'm convinced that it's some giant conspiracy. So <laughs> you can't put an email that like the voice is secret and that's not who we think it is and not tell me more because that's the kind of stuff where I get those emails and my brain as a fanboy goes into 25,000 different directions. Now, are, are you able to say who you thought it was that it is not or can you not even say that? I probably shouldn't um, okay. because I don't even think that information – like I don't know where the name came from actually. It was our design team who as we were going through the list, I was like, oh, is that the voice of Chopper? I don't even know. Because he was one where it's like, do we even have a voice or is it a computer program? Like it could be any number of things, right? It's right. just a bunch of beeps for the most part. Um, but I guess for a long time too, you know, my, my team my team is so – they're so good, right? Like Dave Waldeck, who's our designer, just knows this property inside and out. He figured out that Ashley Eckstein was the voice of Ahsoka from the first time or, or, from, or rather the voice of Fulcrum, Fulcrum the first right? time he heard it. Oh, like, wow. He was like, oh, that's Ashley. And I was like, what are you talking about? He came in like the next day or whatever and was like, you know, that's Ashley, right? I was like, what are you talking about? Um, and he's like, that is clearly Ashley Eckstein. The intonation is the same. And I was like, Dave, don't you think you're stretching? He's like, who else is it going to be? And I was like, I don't know. I guess it's probably going to be her or Obi-Wan. But I bet you Obi-Wan is not getting involved. And then my brain started spinning, of course. And I was like, it could be any number of a dozen people. I was like, wait, everyone's dead. Um, so <laughs> I was like, it could really only be her. And it would be a really good get to get her back. Um, and then it was, and then apparently all the entire fandom figured it out. So they had to swap her voice near the end of the season to throw people off the scent. Um, oh. But people knew they had done that because it was like clearly a re-recording or whatever. So um, they weren't able to really fool everyone. Um, but Ashley did a good job not answering questions. I remember that her being very dark on social on some of that stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if you rewatch that episode, I, I watched it a couple of weeks ago. I, it, it's now apparent to me because like you said it, it, it the way she talks you can tell that now i'm like why didn't that stand up stand out to me before you know it's so obvious yeah. now and, and of course i'm thinking it's bail organa the whole time like for me i'm like oh it's someone secretly leading the rebellion well leia's too young i bet you it's bail um and of course like he has allies so it should it should have been more clear but you're right the intonation of the voice was a dead giveaway um, but, but that's of course hindsight 2020, right? Like, um, I think they did a really nice job covering it up actually. And then I thought the reveal was still really spectacular. Like right. I get chills thinking about fire across the galaxy because that episode for me was just the best. And then Siege of Lethal happened and I was like, oh my God, it just keeps getting better. Like, what are they going to mm -hmm. do next? Well, and even the, um, now I want to say it's, I can't remember if it's the comics or a book I read or what, but I know it's somewhere else it's got brought up. So one of the problems that I was like, Okay, well, that's kind of interesting. Like, it's a cool thing to say, but but what does that actually mean? But where they they mention, you know, that Kanan was taken to Mustafar, and and then they say like, oh, he said that's where Jedi go to die, right. and and then you find out. I want to say it was in the comics where they're like, no, this is where Vader would basically take 
the Jedi that he would find and like torture them for information and stuff and kill them and everything. So then you're like, Oh, that is really dark. And <laughs> like, that's awesome. So I like that the comics allow the property to expand into that sort of dark territory. Cause I, I'm, I'm I think I'm up to speed on Kanan. I think I'm on the fifth issue. So if, if number six or seven have come out, I'm up, I'm, I'm feeling like issue or two behind. Um, but I, just seeing his initial beginning, you know, with uh, Deepa Balaba being killed and him running off on his own and, um, having to become this like it's a life of crime situation. Um, it is really dark and depressing and sad. And and in some ways, it's a it's a great lesson that not all journeys are easy, and you can still um, end up being a good person despite your circumstances and and all of that. But it, it allows you to 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 do those things that maybe on screen might be too much for people, especially if you're airing something on Disney Channel. You know, I'm sure like with with um there there's still some guardrails. You know, the Clone Wars are so incredibly violent. I feel like there's a, a, there were people killed every episode, especially the clones. Oh, They're yeah. so disposable. It's just like a team of red shirts, right? Yeah, um, they, definitely. Like, get slaughtered, and it's like, who's getting beheaded with a lightsaber this episode? Oh, everyone. Um, <laughs> and then, and then you, you turn on to Rebels, and I couldn't even tell you if anyone's died. You know, which I still think, though, the the, the it's just as believable. Um, they're just not really in a time of war, so maybe that's part of it. Um, but and it still feels really real, and in some ways it feels more real than the Clone Wars because it's closer to the part of the saga that we know the best, um, and a little and a little less magical with the lack of Jedi and everything else. Um, right. So, but, but there's no body count. Like I couldn't even tell you if anyone has died in Rebels, other than um, I, I actually don't want to give away spoilers, but um, in that big explosion that happens in Siege of Lethal with that. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. yeah. I want to ruin mm-hmm. that because in case you didn't see the mid uh, season midsummer episode like it's a good it's a good death and one that i was initially cheering until everyone on twitter sort of took me to task about it and i was like mm-hmm. all right i guess i shouldn't be cheering for the death of the <laughs> character but wouldn't you come on like yeah you know, i don't think that i'm surprised that anyone would would give you problems with, for that but no. well and and especially for that show because so the the first death that come to my mind was actually in the first episode that was a, a laugh out loud moment which was the i want to say it was a stormtrooper where uh, i can't remember his name but he like they're hanging and he like basically just kicks him off and you're like well he just kicked him to his death <laughs> Probably, yeah, <laughs> that, right, exactly. That was very um, casual, and you know, because it's a stormtrooper and they're they're unmasked. It's even they're even more protected than the clones. The clones are mostly unmasked, you know. Um, but the stormtroopers are you never see their faces, right? So it's uh, it's easy to just throw away a robot. Um, mm-hmm. Although it it is interesting, I still think R two D two and C three P O are among the characters that people feel the most for, despite the fact that they are truly robots. Right. I think you care more about them than any of the clones or any of the stormtroopers who are people. So it is, it is interesting. That's how I feel about the puffer pig too. <laughs> yes. He's like the best character. Bruce is, pig. Well, he's obsessed the, with what, this pig. The, 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 what is it? The lethal cats. The What is it? Lethal cats. Yeah. Yeah, or, 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 or they just call like low cats or something like that. cats or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Super cute. Um, oh man, I just love that show. <laughs> it's um, it's. In very- fact, I should say that for the series. This so what I did over the summer during Siege of Lethal was we did some giveaways on Twitter, um, and I think on our Facebook page too. So we'll do the same thing. In fact, I'm trying to pull together um, an autograph or two from the cast that I could have on the side uh, to do a giveaway um, for the series to premiere since we're. We're going to have, you know, we have, like, as I mentioned, Vanessa and Tia and Steve and Taylor all signing for Journey. Um, I'd love to be able to give away an autograph and, and certainly some of our trading cards that we had done earlier in the year. We gave away jumbo packs of Rebels cards uh, for the premiere. So do follow along. We'll be posting about this as we get closer to the season two premiere. Um, 
I don't remember what the name of the premiere episode is, but we'll do a giveaway on the Topps Facebook page, uh, facebook.com, official Top Star Wars, and I'll be tweeting away at, at, at Darth Von Olin. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I definitely have to follow that. Uh, and uh, Bruce, now Bruce was just in a, a uh, panel. It was the first uh, convention panel he's ever done, and it was actually crashed by Vanessa Marshall, and she just comes and sits right next to him. That is spectacular. I yeah, it was it. a Rebels panel. We were talking about uh, Star Wars Rebels, and towards the end of the panel, she came up and, and joined us on, on stage and, and talked about Rebels. She is the coolest person. I mean, I got to say, uh, I met her at Disney Star Wars Weekends, um, and it's so nice. Uh, exa- that's exactly the, when you say that, it doesn't even surprise me. I'm like, oh, of course she would do that because she loves her fans. Well, she um, wanted to get there sooner, but she said she couldn't get there because she had to do like a photo shoot and then with the crowd. And she said she really just wanted to geek out with everyone. Exactly, because she's a fan. I mm-hmm. mean, and it's why it's great casting because when you when you cast someone who's a fan like Ashley or like Vanessa, they're going to treat it with a lot of respect. And I think that the two of them really, really get it. Um, when I met her in Disney Star Wars weekends, um, she took a picture with me, did an autograph. Um, funny enough, uh, she has a big two-page spread in Star Wars Insider, which is out now. You guys know that magazine? Um, yes. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's a great, great. Think I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, you probably having a Star Wars podcast. You probably know the Star Wars magazine. Um, Star Wars Insider is spectacular. There's a two-page spread that Vanessa did, and it's all about her Star Wars weekend experience at Disney World. And I was there that weekend. I'm in the magazine as one of the pictures with her. So open up your magazine if you have it. And it's me with my lightsaber, and she has the other half of it. I built like a two-prong lightsaber and gave her the other half, and we're doing a cross lightsaber picture. And it says – it actually has me named too. It's like brand, Top's brand manager, Mark Von Ola. I feel so famous, you guys. <laughs> oh, my awesome. gosh. I, have to, I wish I had that in front of me. It's all the way upstairs. I can't run up and get it right now, but I'm definitely going to look when we're done doing this. It's so it's cool. All, I switched out the picture immediately. I felt like super, super famous. Um, and she's the nicest too. I mean I've direct messaged with her um, before and after Disney Star Wars weekends, sent the, the whole cast of Rebels a bunch of trading cards cards um you know after meeting her i was like you are the nicest person i've ever met i've got to send you some cards um and then she and a bunch of the other cast members all signed on to do autographs for us uh for journey and taylor was also in chrome um which was a jedi versus sith set so i was like i'd love to get all of you in chrome we're just doing the jedi and the sith for this one uh, but i want you guys in the next one so um steve and tia and vanessa all said yes which was awesome oh that is awesome that's so cool is she going to be at uh, new york comic-con my understanding is that it's a very small group going for Rebels because I actually think they're in recording right now. So um, my, I think it's just Taylor, um, uh, Ashley, because she's going to be there anyway for her universe. Um, Sarah Michelle, as I mentioned, which I hope they do a reveal. Um, and then Freddie Prinze. So there might be some others, but I think that Tia, Vanessa, and Steve are – actually, I think Tia and Vanessa are not going, but Steve is going on his own because I think I saw that he was signing somewhere. Um, but I don't know if he's going to be at the Rebels panel. I think if he's at New York Comic Con, though, it would make sense for him to be there. Um, so uh, you'd have to check it out on New York Comic Con. I couldn't even tell you what anyone is doing there except for us, only because we are, we are so in like knee deep in the planning. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, people yeah. should come to your booth, get the cards that are related to Rebels characters, and go find them and have them sign them. That was actually part of our intention. So <laughs> when we were at Celebration, we were looking at the signer list and making sure that we had the right characters there. So we knew that Peter Mayhew. Uh, Jeremy Bullock, Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, like a bunch of those guys, Mark Hamill, of course, and Carrie Fisher, they were all going to be there to sign. So we made sure that we had all of those sets available on the first day um, in case people wanted to meet them and get autographs because we were trying to like space it all out. Um, and instead, like after that, we were just like, all right, we're going to put every set out every day. So there's none of this. Like if you're not here on Sunday, don't cry to me that you can't get a set. Like I don't want to deal with that. Um, like, and that's not fair either, right? So um, we, we really do look at who, who's attending. 
Um, for this one, we knew there was going to be a Rebels panel, and with season two hitting, we we're like, you know, we've given all the movies love. We haven't done an oversized Rebel set yet. Let's do it. Um, and so now we're just finalizing the images uh, using the season two pictures, which is very exciting. Um, now, now talking about um, the the signing the cards and stuff. The one thing we have not talked about on on the show yet, um, but I wanted to bring up because I thought it was probably one of the greatest things of all time is the signed tops cards of uh, or, or that Mark Hamill has signed. Oh my God, isn't he fun? That um, is the best ever. I wish we could figure out how to do that for tops because mm-hmm. if if you look at what we do is um, a lot of our products use sticker autographs, so you've got like a holographic. Um, sticker that says, you know, official tops autograph, right? And then the, the signer signs it. Um, and, and, and it gets applied to the, the card that we create, um, which gives us a lot of flexibility. So we can, you know, create interesting dual autographs or triple autographs or, or use someone in multiple sets and they just have to do one signing for us, which is easier for someone who's very famous like Mark Hamill, who's I'm sure running all over the country doing you know, promotion for episode seven and traveling and everything else. Um, but on, on his autographs that I've seen him do that, that are like a little bit larger, um, he'll put in these like crazy quotations. Like I saw one where it was uh, his, I guess it was Baru, it was uh, um, Owen and Baru's house on fire, like mm-hmm. right after the Empire attacked it. And he had some quote in there about like, don't leave, the- I told Aunt Baru not to leave the oven on, or something <laughs> yeah. like utterly ridiculous, you know, and it's right. like, love Hamill, you know, and I'm like, that's, that's awesome. So mm-hmm. I would love for him to be able to do something really interesting like that for us. We, we probably have to clear that through Lucas. Right. Uh, but, but you know, that would be cool, right? If you'd get a card like that with some crazy quote from Mark Hamill. Yeah, I would love those. And I mean, and even then from there, you know, we know that uh, Anthony Daniels will, uh, he'll just say anything. So it, it, I think it'd be a lot of fun just to see this as like a, a set, you know, to where you just like the actor quote set or something like that. We were at one point thinking of doing um, like a film quote kind of set where, you know, like Tim Rose is, is so known as Admiral Akbar, And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, It's a Trap is just so iconic. Right. Um, and he actually signed an autograph like that for, for me when I was at Rhode Island Comic Con a couple of years ago. Um, we'd love to be able to, to have him do that on cards. Sometimes it's a real estate issue where there's just not mm-hmm. a lot of space. Um, right. But I, I, we are actually looking into doing something like that. I would love to be able to make because you know we we've, we've mm-hmm. done autographs with a lot of these same people for years now, which is fantastic, and, and you know and there are never enough on the market. People always want more. People are always looking for these characters. Um, they love these actors. They can't get enough. Um, but figuring out ways to make it like a little bit different, I think this could be a, a really interesting way to do it. Like I'd love to have one like a tops card where it's got the quote from the film and then underneath the actor's autograph, even if we can't have them write it themselves. You know, we'll right. figure out how to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's. Um... And I mean, honestly, like I said, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of those oversized cards. Uh, you know, th- yeah. those would be great for you know ha- having enough room for quotes. We're trying to think of other ways to utilize the other the oversized format too, because you know we've mm-hmm. done we did them for Celebration, San Diego Comic Con, and now New York Comic Con, and we've also put some oversized cards um, on sale at Tops.com, like wall art sized um, of some of our physical releases, like Illustrated Empire, Masterwork, um, some Rebels. Um, but the five by seven card sets, I'd love to be able to do a few of those, and and th- they would be perfect for those types of autographs. So we're trying to figure out like how we how we leverage that size and scale, you know, and and what people would want because it would be a little bit different than what we'd be doing at the conventions. Uh, but I think there's a market for that, and and people seem to really love them. The only tricky thing is storage. People do say like the one hard thing about the five by seven cards is storage, and I'm like, all right, you know, 
every every set has its own set of challenges. Right. I think the five by sevens are so gorgeous, though. Like I'd want to be able to frame them all, but there are kind of too many. You mm-hmm. know, you run the wall space. <laughs> well, and I mean, to me, I'm like, well, I, I mean, because the, even better is, I mean, <laughs> gosh, like I, I love coffee books, right? Uh, like coffee table books. Yep. Like that's to me, I'm like, that's a make your own coffee table book, you know, like, Oh yeah. So. You, <laughs> you know what you do is head yourself down to Michael's. Um, I don't know if there's a Michael's in your area. I guess there's, um, or another large craft store, but where mm-hmm. I live in New York city, Michael seems to really, um, own the market on that. And they right. actually put out a frame that I love and it's awesome. It, it holds trading cards. So it holds 20 trading cards and it's modular. So you can slide them in and out and, Put in whoever you like, and I've got a uh, one that's all my Star Wars autographs from Chrome Perspectives. Um, which, yes, I buy my own product. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm there on the secondary market trying to win auctions, um, you know, and also buying direct from the hobby stores, and you know, I'm buying my own product. So, um, and I've I've acquired my own autographs from the set, and I, it took me a while, but I got, um, I think we had 24 autograph signers in Chrome Perspectives. And I was able to get uh, the 20 that makes sense for me to get. Like, I'm not going to chase Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, um, you know, those really expensive guys that are in limited quantities, because uh, those are really for the fans. But the ones that are out there in larger quantities, like, I don't mind um, trying to buy myself. Um, you know, I'm, but I'm not going to chase, like, the one-of-ones and the stuff like that. That's not that's not for me now that I work on the brand. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, did you say, what? this is a, uh, it holds your trading cards in a frame that's at yeah. Michael's? So if, if it's like a 36-inch by 24-inch frame, and they've got modular components that you can slide out. It's got like a slider, four rows of five, um, and and the and each little it's basically like a mini frame in a slider that holds your trading card. And it's perfectly sized. So so if, yeah, go to Michaels.com. I'm doing their promotion for them now. Um, I'll have to tweet out a picture of what my finished frame looks like, but it's 20 different autographs from Chrome Perspectives, and I love the way it turned out. It's heavy. Um, so you might so give it some extra support when you put it up on the wall, but it's a, it's a killer product, and I've already bought like three or four of them now because now I'm going crazy, oh especially with Journey coming out. I'm keeping an eye on um, all the autographs we have out there. As I mentioned, we have 44 signers in the set, and five of them are new. So you'll, you're like we've never seen a Steve Bloom autograph from um, from Tops before. Same thing with Tia Sirkar as Sabine and Vanessa Marshall as Harrow, who we talked about at length before, and then uh, Rohan Nickel and. Um, Oh, EF Cop is the other one. So we've got um, five different new first-time signers in Journey, which is very exciting. Well, you know, I'm really uh, interested now in getting this because as we're talking, I went and grabbed my original Tops cards from way, <laughs> okay. way, way back in the day. So I have the original first series cards here in front of me. I haven't looked at these things in years, and I'm just surprised in what great condition these things are in. And I also have the Empire Strikes Back cards. I have tons of these. Mm-hmm. And and even Return of the Jedi. So I was getting these cards right when those movies were coming out. And I forgot that they had uh, puzzles. Like yeah. you could put the back of the cards together and creates a big image, like a puzzle of a, a shot from the movie. Well, um, do yourself a favor then and look for our Journey to the Force Awakens cards because it's reminiscent of the 77 set with the blue star field. And on the backs even follow the same structure where we've got movie facts, behind the scenes, and trivia and things like that. Um, along with story summary, of course, um, and a bunch of puzzle backs. So there are 110 base cards, uh, 110 cards in the base set. So the base cards, 110. 30 of them are from The Force Awakens. And because we can't give away any plot points, all of the backs of those are puzzle backs. Um, and they form <laughs> these really great collages from Episode 7. They're spectacular. I just love the way that whole set turned out. 
Um, okay, I think the team did a really spectacular that. job. Yes, I'm definitely going to do that. That is so cool. And I just want to let you know, I don't know if these are all tops, but just from back in the day, I'm so excited looking at these. So I have oh, close, yeah. close yeah. encounters cards and I have <laughs> Mork and Mindy cards. Oh, wow. I have, uh, I oh, here, here, uh, Planet of the Apes, and here's some of my favorites. Good Times trading card. <laughs> I don't understand how all of these properties ended up as trading cards. Like, I have Three's Company trading cards from back in the day, which that blows my mind. Like, that's weird. There was uh, no internet. <laughs> yeah, that, that might be part of it. I kind of <laughs> wish, though, that um, we could get back to that. I mean, vinyl's coming back in a oh, big yeah. way. I think people like the tangible aspect, and I think now that everyone's getting addicted to the app, People are saying, well, I want a physical version of this. Um, so I would love to be able to offer that as well. But I hope that the, the app brings in the people who maybe didn't grow up with trading cards. Like if you're, if you're a millennial, you know, they weren't as big in the 90s, maybe on the sports side, but not on the entertainment side. Um, but, you know, this, this is a great time to get back into cards because there's, there's so much more than, than what they were when we were younger. I mean, now the inserts are, are totally different and autographs and sketch cards and medallions and patch cards and all sorts of items that are that were never in cards from 30 40 years ago it's a totally different ball game um which is really exciting to be a part of now um so since we're talking about the the journey to the force awakens sets you had mentioned um so there's two different uh sets for that ba or, or not sets i guess is um two versions yeah two two versions so uh care to fill me on on that one because i was interested in and what the two versions were. Yep. So uh, there's a mass market version that we put out on September 4th, Force Friday. And that's available in your local Walmart, Target, Toys R Us, um, even drugstores. Like Walgreens is actually setting their shelf in October. And all those retailers are getting exclusive. So Walmart has an exclusive nine-card set called Family Legacy. Uh, Toys R Us, um, excuse me, Toys R Us has a Blueprints insert. Uh, Target has a Choose Your Destiny insert. And Walgreens has classic captions classic captions um but then the hobby version came out on the 23rd and that version is a little more expensive so the mass version is $1.99 a pack the hobby version is $3.99 a pack you get eight cards instead of six cards uh, but you also get two hits per box and if you're not familiar with the terminology a hit is either a uh, a sketch card or an autograph or a printing plate or a manufactured item like a medallion or a patch and you're guaranteed two hits um, in a box. So that's where the extra pricing comes in. And people typically buy by the whole box as opposed to individual packs. And they're available exclusively in your hobby stores. So you won't find those in your Walmart, Target, Toys R Us, Walgreens, etc., um, where you'll find the mass version. Now, the base set is the same. So those 110 base cards that tell the story of the first six films, plus they give you the images of Episode 7, that's all the same. It's on the gorgeous 24-point stock, the Blue Star Field. What's different about the base set, though, and the hobby version is extra parallels. So... In the mass product, there's a black star field, um, a neon red lightsaber, uh, a purple, um, and a um, a missing one. Um, the the Java green slime, which is in every pack. <laughs> and in the hobby version, they look super cool. If you Google um, or go on eBay or one of those places that you'll see pictures of cards, you can see how bright and vibrant those colors are. It's crazy. Um, and then uh, on the hobby version, there are some exclusive parallels. Uh, a hot ice. Um, a uh, Death Star Silver is actually in the mass version now that I'm remembering. And then there's a gold and an Imperial Red. And the Imperial Red is our one of one. Um, and those look really, really cool. And then um, also in the hobby version, you'll get the dual and the triple autographs as well as the autograph parallels that are exclusive, like the one of one and the 10 of 10 gold. So the one of one Imperial Red and the 10 of 10, uh, 10 um, 
gold uh, autograph parallels. So that's what's really different about the product. So the value um, and the, the big chase items are in the hobby version. Okay. And now, uh, were, were you able to talk about who um, who all had, had the autographs in, in this one? Oh, yeah. We've got a huge autograph signer list for Journey of the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Billy D. Williams, David Prowse, who's Darth Vader. He's the man mm-hmm. in the suit. Um, and he's 80 <laughs> years old and like as cool as you'd hope he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like a badass in real life. So um, it's exciting. To have, we haven't had him in a set in a while. Um, so we had, we just got him in Chrome and now he's also in journey, which is very exciting. Um, and then Anthony Daniels, Kenny mm-hmm. Baker, Peter Mayhew, everyone loves Jeremy Bullock. So we try to get him in every set. Um, mm-hmm. he is so fan demanded Jeremy Bullock uh, as Boba Fett. Um, so people just love him. And then we've got quite the stack of people from the saga and I couldn't remember all of them off the top of my head, but, they, uh, uh, Carolyn Blackenstein who plays Mon Mothma. Um, we've got, I got him. I'm just blanking on everyone's, oh, Ian McDiarmid who plays the emperor, mm-hmm. um, We've got, we've got quite the stack there, and then a lot of signers from the prequels, a lot of our Jedi and Sith signers, uh, Matthew Wood, who plays General Grievous, Ray Park, who plays Darth Maul, um, and then uh, the new people I had mentioned already from Star Wars Rebels, so right. um, Taylor Gray and Vanessa Marshall, Steve Bloom, Tia Surkar, and then we also have uh, Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka Tano, um, and um, Nika Futterman as Asajj Ventress. So we've got like a nice mix of characters that go across all the different sets. We were actually not allowed to include the Episode 7 signers just yet, um, but definitely in future sets. And we'll be announcing those um, you know, as things get closer to other products down the road. Uh-oh, you know what that means, Bruce? When uh, when they announce John Boyega, then I'm, <laughs> you, th- you think I've I'm, I'm been crazy now with uh, yeah. going out and getting some of the Force Awakens stuff. I'm, I might be there with you when we run out. <laughs> Because yeah. I know you'll be waking me in the middle of the night, going, "Bruce, Bruce, you guys see what they've got? You gotta get there." <laughs> we I, we love I, John Boyega here. I can't wait to to make those things happen. Um, you know, I obviously can't talk anything about Episode Seven yet in terms of who's signing autographs right. or really the content of the set. Um, but once we get the green light on those types of things, it's going to be my favorite thing in the world because I know mm-hmm. that's what people are looking for, um, and I know everyone wants a Harrison Ford autograph too. Um, we've got Harrison is definitely signing for us in some upcoming sets. We weren't able to get him for Journey, unfortunately. And I was actually reminding people, I was like, uh, he had a plane crash like relatively recently. Um, <laughs> right. Like people forget about that, and so that was actually partially that was part of the reason why we weren't able to get him for this set. Um, but he he seems like he's in good health now, and we should be able to get him in some upcoming sets, um, which I know people like kill for Harrison Ford autographs. Those are the get in the product. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, there's so much product right now. It's just, I mean, this is just the start. You guys are going to be really busy after this movie comes out. Yeah, and you know, 2016 is all about The Force Awakens because our first set that comes out on 1218 um, is only going to tell a chunk of the film. I think I mentioned earlier we can't give away any spoilers, the ending, certain characters you can't Mm -hmm. see, things like that. Um, And so there'll be a series two in March, um, and then we have a slew of other products that are going to come out throughout the year, stuff we can't really talk about yet, but um, you can imagine that there'll be more Force Awakens product coming, which is really exciting. So, Mark, what are you going to do on twelve eighteen? You going to go midnight showing? I'm hoping that I could get uh, a corporate screening beforehand, so I don't have to deal with that crowd. Um, because I would love one to be able to really know all the information as early as possible, as you know, especially as we're developing product, right? Like I know enough right now to make a really good product, but it would be nice to see the film in its in that entirety. Um, but I honestly think I I am probably 
going to try to do something early in the morning on the 18th. Like it's a perfect day to not be at work and go to like a 10 a.m. screening because you know it's going to be bonkers the night before. So, and, and I want to avoid the spoilers. So I'm thinking like you turn off your phone starting at midnight and you just get yourself to a movie theater as fast <laughs> as you can at like nine in the morning um, and, and watch the movie and then, and then go home and like and flip out about it. Um, and maybe work from home the rest of the day or whatever. But uh, I think that's probably the plan. Though I know around the office, everyone's asking, are we getting tickets? Are we doing a corporate screening? What's happening? Can we take the whole office? Like, I mean, people didn't care about Star Wars. And, and I shouldn't say that, but people did not care about Star Wars at the rate which they do um, now that this movie is happening. People who are the sports geeks, because remember, sports really runs tops. It's all, we're a baseball company um, as well as being a, a, an entertainment company. But baseball, like, is huge for us. All the sports guys are like dying to see this movie too. So I'm like, Jesus, the, the, the overlap on this, like people who don't know Star Wars well or don't care about Star Wars a lot, they're all going to go see this movie. So I think it's going to be ginormous. Oh, yeah. And I have my 70s uh, baseball cards in here too, by the way. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, now hold on to those. Um, I, I'm not a sports geek myself, but I, I definitely appreciate it because – you know, it, it's it's one of those things where I like I get why people get really excited about these types of things. And the guys in the office, they like rattle off stats and things like that. I'm like, how are you remembering all this? And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm doing the same thing about Doctor Who. Or right. <laughs> Just looking at me like you guys are geeks. Exactly. And I gotta say, like we have we have some good ribbing across the office because I was I was saying something about. Um, oh God, what was it? I was saying something about going down to Disney for Star Wars weekends. And they're like, oh, we're going to the All-Star game. And I was like, well, that sounds like a nightmare. I was like, I'm going, I'm, I'd am i rather be at Disney than, than whatever that is. Right. <laughs> no, we're not going to Disney for Star Wars. That sounds terrible. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Like, it's all like what you love. Um, but we have a lot of fun in the office. We've got a great group there. So thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And to reward you guys and your fans, everyone is listening, we're going to do a giveaway for you. So a starter pack of Galactic Connections which has 14 discs, um, as well as the game mat, the checklist, and the rules. And I'll leave it up to you guys as to how you want to give it away, so through your social channels or whatever. Um, but definitely want you guys to become fans of the game. Okay. That Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. And I, I think we'll, we'll have to come up with the... The stipulations on, or you know, how to give that away. But I think we need to at least put in there if they end up with that that uh, gold Leia that Bruce and I get first dibs. Ha <laughs> Yeah. yeah <I> <laughs> and of course, like we'll do the fulfillment. Like we'll mail it out to them and all that stuff. So okay, um, that's you awesome. Just have yeah, to, thank you. You just have to put it on your social channels wherever you want to do it, and then you just send me the name and address of the winner, and we'll put it in the mail for you. So um, no See, work. Everyone, on your- more reason to follow us and to be. Exactly. Like us on Facebook because we're going to put all the details of this on there. Perfect. And and if you want to learn more about Galactic Connections, um, go to tops.com slash Galactic Connections. And then for all the top stuff in general, I'm at Darth Von Olin. Our Twitter is at Tops Cards. And then our Facebook is official. Um, it's facebook.com official Top Star Wars. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. Yeah, of course. Thanks yeah, for Mark. having me, guys. It was great Mark, being on the show. You're a great guest. And I just want to say that you're tops with us. <laughs> that is good. I'm gonna use that as I'm gonna put that on my phone so I can as I'm having a bad day. But I, I do like that; it's a good pun. Well, that was a fun show. I enjoyed talking to Mark. I've talked to him before, and it was great to have him on the show. He's definitely a Star Wars fan because he had so much insight, and and we and even went off into other territories that weren't even Star Wars. It was so awesome to talk to him. Yeah, I did not expect that to go as long. Like, I thought, you know, when we sat down, I'm like, okay, we'll do this and then we'll do the rest of our show. And then I was like, oh, well, well, this is phenomenal. Yeah, I'm sure we'll definitely hear from him again. He will be visiting the casino again and playing cards at our tables. Yeah. 
Yeah, with because, his own trading cards. Yeah, because I mean that's that's the great thing about it is like even now it's like we only had to stop because we you know we didn't run out of stuff to talk about we run out of time. Yes, and speaking of time, it's time to end this podcast at least this episode until next time. If we have to, we do have to. But you know what? We will be back and we can have this great fun all over again. So nighty night, everyone. But before we do that, let me just say. To find us on Facebook, we are Cloud City Casino. And please like our page because you also will have a chance to see all the details about winning this giveaway that Mark was talking to us about. And then there's our Twitter feed if you follow us at Cloud City Casino. This isn't difficult, right? Cloud City Casino on Facebook and Twitter. You can't forget that name. Right, what was it called again? It's called, I'm glad you're now paying attention, so listen to me. It's called Cloud City Casino, and we're on Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, you can go to see us on StarWarsReport.com. And where can people listen to our podcast, Michael? iTunes. And anything else? No. Thank the, you. Wait, no. The StarWarsReport.com. Of course. Well, yeah. Listen there. Yes. So, um, well, that's it for this episode, right? And don't forget that you can find me on Twitter at Morris Isley. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> hey, Michael, where can they find you? Morris Isley, or at Morris Isley, on the Twitter. On the Twitter, and I'm on the Twitter too, as at Admiral underscore Rex. All right, let the Wookiee win. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're done. <laughs>